Welcome to Astrology and Stuff, the podcast where we try to talk about serious subjects without taking ourselves too seriously. I'm your hostess and sacred clown, Sanpriti. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you, dear listeners, for being here indeed. Um, It was quite a gallop to the finish of 2023. all transparency. I'm in a time in my life right now that um, I have two elementary school and nearing middle school aged kids uh, where it's different from when they were infants, but the level of attention and the kind of attention uh, and time that that demands, uh, it's surprising me. So thank you so much for being patient with um, episodes. I hope if you were like a, a weekly or a biweekly listener before, I hope perhaps this has given you a chance to kind of go back and re-listen to some episodes that maybe um, you you plowed through before and you got to find some extra treasure. So this episode is very very specific in subject. We are going to be talking about Mars and Pluto. And um, But before we get into the subject at hand, I want to thank everybody from the Patreon. Um, thank you so much to this beautiful community of folks um, who have found me through a couple of different avenues, but most through, through the podcast and through readings. Um, it's just... I love getting those transit talks out every week. If you're not um, a part of the Patreon, uh, what we have there is every single week I make a brand new podcast, um, usually around, I like to say 30 minutes, it's usually like 45 minutes, um, all about the transits of that week. So what it does is is it allows kind of another layer of of interaction with the astrology so that it can start feeling more embodied. It can start feeling like you kind of can grok what's going on and what to expect. And there's more information there so that you have an opportunity to do your own observation and correlation practices that help us take astrology from something that is outside of us to something that is actually a vocabulary for stuff that we experience and um, hopefully giving you a greater capacity for unconditional self-love and unconditional self-acceptance. I'm saying that as a cancer rising. (laughs) And so, um, so yeah, go on over to the Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash astrology and stuff pod. And each of those words is separated by an underscore, or you can just throw it into the, the search bar and it should take you there. Um, I'm also on Instagram, uh, at Sampriti Life. Um, and you can find all of my information through there. I've been on, um, I'm, I've been on Jessa Reed's, uh, Patreon in the, in the last few weeks since I've been back here at astrology and stuff. That was, that was a blast. Unfortunately, like a third of our, 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 uh, conversation got lost in the audio ethers. Um, I'm still bummed about that. (laughs) 
<laughs> but that's okay. Uh, if you are listening to this the week of um, January 15th or 16th, hopefully we will be doing a, I'll be doing a live stream with Jessa over on her platform um, on Sunday evening. So that's going to be Sunday, I believe the 21st. Yeah. Um, and so if you don't know about Jessa Reed, go, go do your research. Um, there's, there's not an easy way for me to describe, uh, or a quick way for me to describe who she is and what she does, but, um, she has been such a, oh gosh, such a comfort, um, in the last three years in this, in times of just intense transformation, um, hers has been one of the few voices that I have listened to regularly that has helped me feel both expansive and at times, um, you know, always call me to be more grounded. So, um, very cool, very cool expansion over here in the astrology and stuff, uh, universe. Um, my books are open f- through January, um, end of the month, I'll be getting February's books open. You can, head on over to astrogeomantica.net and book appointments for natal chart readings, synastry readings, um, you know, looking at your 2024, what does that look like for you? What, what can that hold in store for you? Uh, a little bit of human design and astrocartography. And of course my newest offering soulful doula sessions, chef's kiss. I love these sessions. Um, these are the the more that I do these, the more they evolve into really it's uh, for lack of a better term, it's energy work, but it's not like energy work in the way that I experience it. It's not exactly like energy work in the way that if you've been enveloped in the new age um, and spiritual community for any amount of time, you kind of get what energy work it is. It's the study of how energy works. And Soulful Doula sessions just light my beautiful little nerd brain right up. And, um, and it's incredible. So if you have any questions about those, feel free to DM me on Instagram and I'll be more than happy to answer any questions. All right. Without further ado, Let's get into the subject at hand, and that is Mars and Pluto, really Pluto and Mars. So why am I releasing, why do I want to talk about Pluto and Mars? Um, Because Pluto is moving signs from Capricorn into Aquarius um, on Saturday. Pardon me, tea break. And, um, and this isn't the first time, remember, Pluto moved from Capricorn into Aquarius very briefly last March and, uh, March of 2023. And this time it's almost for good. So Pluto is going to be moving into Aquarius on Saturday, the 20th of January, um, mere hours after the sun moves into Aquarius. So it's Aquarius on Aquarius on Aquarius. And Pluto will be in Aquarius until September 1st of 2024. Um, earlier in the summer, Pluto goes retrograde as, as she does about half the year and um, will move and 
Pluto will move back from Aquarius back into Capricorn for about 10 weeks. Um, it'll come out of retrograde transit back out of Capricorn returning to Aquarius basically for good for a couple of decades on November 19th of 2024, I believe. So with the exception of September 1st, 2024 to November 19th, 2024, Pluto is in Aquarius um, until 2044, I believe. And, And this is significant. Why? The last time that Pluto was in Aquarius uh, was in the 1780s, 1790s. And Pluto, why is that, you know, why is that important? Well, Pluto is, um, Saturn may be the densest of uh, planets, but Pluto holds the most gravity. In astrology, especially evolutionary astrology, Pluto is the center because Pluto is the soul. Pluto is, it represents, it's the planetary embodiment of all that is us that is more than human. It's the part of us that has always been here, will always be here, just happened to desire a particular animate, um, excuse me, animate form (laughs) as a human, this go round, right? The soul desires one thing and one thing only, and that is to, um, Jeffrey Wolfgreen really leaned on this word evolution a whole lot, specifically around the desires of the central desire of the soul, and that is to evolve. I would offer an additional word, evolution slash experience, the it feels better for me um, when I say that Pluto's main desire, Pluto's primary directive, is to experience. And if we think about it from a motivational um, perspective, Pluto is as it represents the disembodied soul part of us, the eternal part of us. Why does soul wish to embody? Why does soul wish to become limited, uh, to become, quote unquote, separate? Um, one, I would argue like one degree separate. <laughs> it feels like a lot more as we're human, but it's honestly separation is, is a myth in the way that we, um, we have formulated, formulated it here on earth. Um, but why does the soul want to, why, why do we want to become human? Why do we come here? Um, Big, long, super simple answer is so the soul can gain a greater and greater, more comprehensive experience of itself. And how does the soul do that as a... what? What do you mean the soul wants to gain a greater experience of itself? Isn't it everything? And like there's part of the mystery there, right? If the soul, how about we say it this way? The soul is connected to everything. What if we all did come from, you know, thinking to the singularity? uh, What if we all did come from one source? 
And that source in a desire to, you know, just do something different, um, fractalized itself into trillions upon trillions upon trillions of different emanations. Um, I, I always picture the mirror tiles on a, um, on a, on a disco ball and each of those mirror tiles holds a particular piece of consciousness, a piece of that, that is able to reflect at its own little puzzle piece to the, the comprehensive picture of reflection and each lifetime, perhaps the soul decides to incarnate as a different disco tile, disco ball tile, as a different uh, perspective, one that takes it down a different path, one that um, allows the soul to gain with each incarnation um, to gain experience of self, to gain experience of existence. And um, the goal being just to do that as much as possible. And so when we find ourselves incarnated, we have a, the soul is then able through the incarnation, through the beautiful human experience, the soul is able to experience things like suffering, like pain, like joy, like pleasure, like sensation, like emotion, like time, um, past, present, future, all of the things that especially now in this very hyper-therapized self-development culture, we we wanna we wanna hack, you know, we wanna hack hack it so that hack our nervous system so that we're not hurting so much or so that we're not living, you know, in in trauma mode rather than, you know, responsive mode and all of these beautiful little tools that um, that have that have the the capacity to actually help us out a lot, but we tend to, in doing so, as is normal for humans, we tend to miss the bigger picture that um, any lesson that we are brought, any experience that we are having is to the soul's experience, absolutely fantastic. It's delicious. Dare I say it's orgasmic. Our any sensation, any pain, any trauma, any joy, any birth, any death equals only orgasmic bliss and ecstasy to the soul. Why? Because that's literally what the soul is made of. That is literally the only math that exists to the soul. The math of suffering and of lack and of separateness and of joy and of hope, uh, love and anger, um, all of that, that is the math of the 3D. That math does not, that 3D math, um, literally the resonance, like if you, if you picture um, a radio, and you're moving that dial. It's an old radio. Um, you're moving that dial and you want to listen to like 106.5 uh, or 
And if you're on 103.3, you and and you know 106.5 is getting broadcasted. Um, if you're on 103.3, you're not going to be able to hear 106.5. Just that's the math of it. As soon as you turn that dial or press that button to 106.5, suddenly there is a resonance. Resonance meaning the vibrational match of the two parties or the vibrational frequency of the two parties, the hertz, it matches. And so that's the only reason you can hear it. That's the only reason you experience it. And so a soul without a body cannot, cannot have any of these experiences. And so this, this, I was taught, oh, and this is getting way out into the woo, but I was taught by more than one teacher in the past 10 years that, that earth is an incredibly um, desired place to incarnate because we have the 3D, because we have the gravity. What, why is, why is the 3D, uh, why does that matter? Well, without 3D, you, you can't have gravity. Without gravity, you can't have 3D. Without gravity, you can't have time. Without time, you can't have a sense of, of, of outside of presence, right? Without time, there is just that, that, that presence, that eternal present moment that those of us like who meditate and, and, you know, are in this sphere, that's something that you want, like listen to one Eckhart Tolle book and it's just the present moment, the power of now, the power of now, the, well, that is a soul level experience. And that's beautiful. And it helps us and it can have the capacity, like working with those, those structures, it can have the capacity to like blow our hearts wide open in a really good way. Um, expand our consciousness. Yes. But the whole point of being, but, and the whole point of being here on earth is to experience not now is to have a different experience is a better way of putting it. And so the the desire of the soul makes everything happen. It makes absolutely everything happen. It magnetizes what it is, how it wants to evolve. And I'm talking about Pluto here the desire, Pluto as the desire of the soul. So bringing it back down into the astrology, when we have Pluto transits, and I've, if I've given you a natal chart reading, chances are, and, and you're in some tough shit right now, or you were at the moment, chances are we talked about Pluto and, or some aspect to Pluto, um, definitely Saturn. <laughs> um, but Pluto transits are, um, so I'm in the, I'm in the tail end of my Pluto square, uh, you know, about every, you know, 40 ish, you know, late thirties to early forties, everybody goes through their Pluto square. Um, my natal chart, Pluto, the Pluto that I, where Pluto was when I was born was 26 degrees Libra at retrograde. And when Pluto hit 26 degrees Capricorn, I entered the, the 
climax of my, my Pluto square season. Really, when Pluto entered Capricorn way back in 2007, 2008, I was entering into the Pluto square season, okay? So I, and I was still, I was in my, my late 20s. Was I? Yeah, I was in my late 20s <laughs> anyway. Um, girl math. Um, the, the desire, so the Pluto square, folks in their late 30s, early 40s, there is a very strong pull that is that you just feel unavoidably changed you do you there can be a sense just given you know given what decisions that you've made in in your life up until then and how how in alignment with the original blueprint of the soul and like what the rest of your chart looks like and hello stuff just not even related to your chart but um you know, ap- actual like normal life, choice making, destiny, all of that. Um, this we can we can experience our Pluto transits, like our Pluto squares specifically, a little bit differently. Um, I can guarantee you, if I was still in medicine, if I was still like in the hospital um, as as uh, a caregiver, um, I my Pluto square would have been a much bigger come to Jesus than it was. Um, my Saturn return kicked me out of the hospital for good and got me on the road to a more expansive way of healing, uh, with the goal being heal so much that you kind of forget about healing and you can move on to the next thing. (laughs) Um, but Pluto transits can also uh, be like, where is Pluto? Uh, wh- what do you have in Capricorn? Like, what do you, uh, Pluto was transiting my south node in like 2017-ish, 2016, 2017. And, and so is Pluto transiting your Pluto? Is Pluto transiting... Um, your Saturn is Pluto transiting your sun and moon or sun or moon. Uh, it just depends. Um, Pluto and Capricorn was transiting my daughter's sun. And so the, all of this meaning that whenever we have a Pluto transit, it is the pull. We are feeling the unconscious pull of the soul's desire on literally everything else. We do not, the best way to navigate Pluto transits are with surrender. And like how much, how much expectation can you let go of? How much can you just like wipe that slate clean? Not, not necessarily like literally, you know, change the job, change the city, change the relationship, blah, blah, blah. Obviously that can be expressed that way. But, um, so for instance, I have Pluto like right, right in my fifth house, right across the border from my, my fourth house, um, still down at the bottom of my chart, um, in Libra, um, it's retrograde and opposing my son in the 10th house, not directly, but sign wise. And my transformation, my Plutonian pull 
has been 1 million percent internal. 1 million percent internal. If your Pluto is at the midheaven, if your Pluto is um, at a, in a different spot in your natal chart in a different house, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have a different vibe to it. But because we are talking about the soul's experience, it's wherever you can find your Pluto in your chart, that's kind of the arena that your soul wanted to express this type of, of, of energy from, that of deepest soul's desires and, and evolution. Um, so Pluto is moving. Um, Pluto takes, you know, 15 to 20 years per sign. And, um, and Pluto's finishing up in Capricorn here in the next couple of days. And Mars and Pluto have a very, very interesting relationship. Um, Mars and Pluto kind of go together. And if you know some of your uh, ancient versus modern astrology, uh, Mars is the ancient or traditional ruler of Scorpio, the sign of Scorpio. Pluto is the modern or evolutionary ruler of the sign of Scorpio. I'm a both and kind of gal. Um, I, I definitely, it does not make sense for me to, um, internally like to think about, to vocabularize, (laughs) to talk about, um, astrology and like the planetary rulerships with just one planet. Like I totally, with just one, you know, the, the ancient or the, the modern, um, I totally see both Mars and Pluto being co-rulers of both ancient and modern of Scorpio. It just makes sense to me. And, and I'm speaking specifically from the modality of astrology that I learned from predominantly, and that's of evolutionary astrology. Uh, it may be expressed given the, the particular teacher, the particular modality, um, definitely different from Vedic astrology, um, definitely different from draconic astrology. Um, Pluto, if Pluto is the desires of the soul, then that we as humans are uh, necessarily unconscious of, right? Not everything, we're just, we're not aware. We don't have the ticker tape of the desires of the soul running through the front of our brain every day. That's not what humanity is. Um, Mars is the boots on the ground. Mars is how the soul communicates from unconscious soul to unconscious body. Bear with me here because this is this is something that just kind of came through in the last couple of weeks. So Mars and Pluto, uh, if you want to think about it kind of like an ice cream sandwich, uh, I'm going to be using a lot of metaphors here <laughs> and some similes. Um, Mars is one side of the sandwich. Um, those yummy chocolatey things that that just dissolve on your fingers, um, those little cookie biscuits. Um, Mars is one side, Pluto's the other. And in the middle is our conscious awareness, right? The, the stuff, like if you want to think about it, the sun, right? 
oh, you know, I, I have the light of my consciousness on it. I, this has been brought to my awareness. It's been brought from the unconscious, perhaps from the subconscious into my consciousness. And now I'm aware of it. I'm able to move it through my intellect. I'm able to, it's almost a tangible experience. I'm able to think about it. I'm able to like chew on it. It triggers feelings in me. I have an emotional response to it. I can incorporate this awareness. Then I have the choice of incorporating this awareness into my present perspective in order to develop a new perspective that is informed by this awareness. So you feel the difference between the unconscious and the conscious. Um, the unconscious Pluto, um, is, if we want to think it's the unconsciousness, it's the part of our soul that our, our human is not necessarily meant to have talking in our head, right? It, because there's still a part of us that is, excuse me, that is more soul than body, right? There's still, there's a layer to us that is spirit. Okay. Our spiritual self and, you know, pick a modality, pick a, pick a theology, pick a philosophy, um, in, in the world. And they're going to have a different word for what I'm describing, right? Chinese medicine does, Ayurveda does, KMRT does all of it. So, um, we can think of that now we're going to switch to vibrational frequencies, this language. Pluto, the soul, unconscious. We're unconscious of the soul because the vibrational frequency is too high for us to consciously presently perceive. Obviously, like going into trance states, going into... Um, um, walkabouts to visioning, um, shamanic practices, meditation, etc. going into trance states allows us to go into that. Oh God, I forgot if it's, if it's, I think it's theta. We've got that alpha gamma theta brainwave situation going on. And really I should know this right off the top of my tongue. I'm sorry. Um, the, you go into that state, that meditative state, that, that trance state, and it's more of a vibrational frequency match to the soul's vibrational, the soul part of us. The, we, can, we talk about it like, you know, um, getting in touch with our higher self in a, uh, in a real way, not just kind of taking a beat in the middle of the busy day and checking in with our conscience and stuff like that. It's literally changing the frequency of our brain waves in order to have more of the perspective on, on that side of things. But even so without having like a near death experience and, and blah, 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 as long as we are embodied, as long as we are, have our umbilical cord connected down to mama earth, um, we are meant to vibrate. Our consciousness is meant to vibrate at a certain frequency, at a certain density. Okay. Um, that is not the density that is not the frequency of the soul. So we've got that bit of unconscious, the high vibrational unconscious governed by Pluto on one side. And if you've ever seen, 
a spectrum, an, an um, illustration of the light spectrum. And, you know, it goes from infrared all the way to ultraviolet and beyond, right? And right in the middle, there's a, like, it's almost like the spectrum's like a foot long and there's an inch in the middle of that foot of, of light spectrum. They're like, this is visible light. <laughs> this is Roy G. Biv. And you're like, Jesus Christ, I didn't, I didn't know that there was so much light that I literally just can't see. But look at all of this. So the ultraviolet, the high frequency wavelength, this is the soul Pluto. You guessed it, infrared, you know, likened to infrared. We've got a, a longer wavelength. We've got a slower, a lower wavelength and therefore a higher density this is governed by Mars. It is, it is just like the, the Pluto ultraviolet um, frequency, unconscious. It's outside, it's unconscious because it's outside of our quote unquote visible light spectrum, our visible light little, little section, our section of conscious awareness. Mars governs that other higher density lower vibrational unconscious this is the con- this is the unconsciousness that allows our autonomic nervous system to behave on its own without us having to micromanage and like consciously have to remember when to breathe when to blink our eyes when to invoke peristalsis and actually digest when to emit this hormone, when to follow up with that hormonal cascade, and what about this histamine response, and what about, you know, this estrogen, um, you know, uh, what about ovulation, and uh, all of that, not to mention your heart beating. Your heart does not need your conscious permission to beat. Your blood does not need conscious permission to be pushed and pumped through your arteries and your into from your arteries from your heart into your aorta down into your arteries down into the arterioles into the capillaries into the veins into the vena cava back into the heart right do you give that permission are you conscious of that are you aware of all that happening nope 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 that is, the bl- that is the blissful unconsciousness of the vital life force that is represented planetarily by Mars. This is, I'm in love with Mars right now. <laughs> I am having a, a Mars moment. Um, this is the lower unconscious. Pluto, higher unconscious. Let's, let's take ourselves out of Lower meaning bad, higher meaning good. No, no, no. There's no right or wrong. There's no bad or good. This is simply vibrational frequency. Um, But both of them are unconscious. And Pluto, believe it or not, communicates, for lack of a better term, through Mars that this is, we're starting to talk about how the soul expresses itself through the body. And, and th- if this turns you on and you want to know more, hit me up for soulful doula sessions or just any questions, because this is what we, this is what I'm working with when I talk about, you know, working with Kundalini Magnetic Resonance Therapy or KMRT with soulful doula sessions. Um, 
it's just, it's absolutely the geekiest, most deliciously orgasmic shit ever. We're talking about how soul emanates into body, how immaterial becomes material. And it happens through, first through the unconscious, the unconsciousness of the soul into the unconsciousness of the body. And, and so there's a demand right there to de-judgment, de um, free yourself from your attachment, that unconscious, it's a very spiritualistic, um, new age, capitalistic also, um, psychologized judgment that we all carry around with us that unconscious automatically means not good enough or not, um, not transcended, right? It's, uh, it's the job of the unconscious to take all of all that, which is unconscious and make it conscious. That is not how things work. That is not how things work. Consciousness in the way that we, the, the, the usual, people, you know, we're not, we're not monks in a cave and we're not nuns in a cloister. Those of us who, you know, who live in this world, um, and live in all these worlds, all these layers of this world, um, we are imprinted with this judgment, this automatic judgment that, we have to, especially if you're on the spiritual path, that the goal of the spiritual path is to bring all that is unconscious into consciousness, all that is dark into light. And that's bullshit and it's duality and it's separation consciousness. And it's totally understandable. But with this upcoming, um, with this upcoming transit of Pluto moving into uh, Aquarius from Capricorn and then Mars moving in from Capricorn into Aquarius and meeting up with Pluto in the middle of February, um, we're going to be having a merging of both of those, those, uh, ice cream sandwich cookie patties. <laughs> there's, there is a, and we're inside that window already. Um, there's a merging of both layers of our unconscious and why is that useful? Why is that fucking interesting, Sam Pretty? Why are you you wasting your or why are you um, using your energy and your breath talking to us about this? How is that going to benefit me in this moment? It's going to benefit us to acknowledge that so much of evolution happens outside of our conscious awareness. And what's the why is it? It help, why could it be beneficial to center that thought and perspective in our being? Because it takes us off the fucking hook. It takes the pressure off. Because when I am talking about both unconsciouses, I'm talking about the pressure of the soul's desires and the pressure of, of animate vitality. The, the amount of power that it takes for your heart to continue beating and the amount of power it takes to stop that heart from beating is in, an incredible amount. And so the goal being, can we, when we experience pressure, 
And th- this is what we're, this is part of the story of what we're seeing with just the, the incredible bigness and the reaction and the fire, like this world is on fire in so many ways. Um, there is a, there is a pressure that is like, look at the volcanoes, like literally the earth <laughs> is releasing pressure. Um, and there's this really cool, quick, quick little side thing. There's this really cool thing that, that we're, that Western science is developing a lot more, um, connecting the dots and developing a lot more vocabulary around. It's the relationship between lightning and earthquakes and, uh, volcanic activity. So on one side, lightning on the other side of the relationship, volcanoes, uh, volcanic activity and earthquake, basically tectonic plate activity. Um, And there is a really cool nerd um, that I like to follow called the Grooving Goddess. Um, And she nerds out on solar activity and how it relates to tectonic activity, blah, 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 science, science, science. It's it's really cool. Um, But when I'm talking about things like volcanoes and tectonic plates and earthquakes and lightning, these are pressurized. Um, th- these are, are things that are incredibly powerful. It's pr- incredibly potentially powerful phenomena. And the pressure of which is taking people out left and right. And if we want to, if with a certain amount of consciousness, we find that we are most aligned with our soul, our soul's desires by continuing in this human journey, by continuing to like be like Pocahontas and that fantastic song, you know, what's around the river bend. Um, just around the river bend, like what comes next? What's, you know, keep me in coach, keep me in coach. If we find that that is a desire that we have, that level of attachment to this life on this earth, that is desire, then we need, we are finding ways of sustainability. How do we sustain the pressure of incredibly intense unconscious uh, evolution, and that's there's a million ways. Um, like literally, this this lesson started over a year ago for me in my body with blood pressure, with the lesson of blood pressure, and it was completely stress related, and it was definitely it was a season. It lasted for about six, seven months, nine months, um, and it was here's all the ways that you were, you meaning me, you were unconsciously operating your life via stress response that you don't, you, you can't do that anymore. And all of it was unconscious, guys. All of it was unconscious. And so like shit had to stop for a couple of months. And I had to relearn, still having to relearn what what I thought was necessary stress, uh, stress equaling, I thought it was just engagement in my life, but it really, it was stress. Um, how to, how to do something different, how to, how to pick a different adventure. Um, and you know, I'm off of meds. I'm, 
my blood pressure is under, you know, it's normal. And, um, and so you're going to have a different, you'll probably have a different story on what in the past year, what has a way of doing things, a way of being, a way of feeling, a way of relating that is simply not sustainable. And you just, you fucking had to, in order to keep going, you had to give it up and you had to change. You had to evolve. Um, so going back briefly to that point of letting ourselves off the hook, we don't, um, here in the weird part of the world, weird meaning Western, educated, industrialized, um, rich and democratic, that acronym weird. Um, we, we engage with self-development. I've talked about this a couple of times. We engage in self-development, spiritual development, uh, evolution, awakening, whatever we want to call it, healing, healing. That's a big one. Uh, whatever we want to call it, we engage with it in a very dominating way, a very individualistic way. And that, that is not how nature works. <laughs> nature does not, there's no dominator in nature. There isn't. There isn't one thing that gets to rule over everything else. And there is incredible neutrality and space in nature there's there's ecosystem with an ecosystem with an ecosystem there's that's the intelligence of it and when we are feeling completely put out by the state of the world by the state of our own shadow whatever you want to call it by the state of our own existence our healing journey all of that when that is feeling unsustainable when we are brought to our knees does not mean that is because we have so much to do or we, our burden is so big or the world is that fucked even. It simply means we are grabbing onto a burden that does not belong only to us. But that involves us, um, coming to terms with that involves us coming to terms with our ego and, I'm not just talking individual ego. I'm talking about the ego of the collective belief that upholds this belief system that our healing is, um, my healing is mine and mine alone to do. And not that I'm actually healing inside of an ecosystem. I'm healing inside of a collective. I'm healing and I am connected to everything else around me. Therefore, as I heal, they heal too. As they heal, I heal. And so it takes that ego off of the throne. And it, it reminds us that we live in layers upon layers upon layers upon within concentric circles of interconnection and interdependence. And so the... That sounds very Aquarian, doesn't it? Yeah. So we're all over the next, over the next six to eight weeks, like through the end of February, um, 
Pluto moves into, Sun moves into Aquarius, then Pluto moves into Aquarius, then Mercury moves into Aquarius, then Mars moves into Aquarius, then Venus moves into Aquarius, all within like eight weeks of each other, six to eight weeks of each other. So not only are we having the soul unconscious, we're having body unconscious move into to Aquarius, hello, Mars, soul unconscious Pluto, body unconscious Mars, move into Aquarius. We have literally every personal planet move into Aquarius nearing around the same time, conjuncting, you know, swinging on by Pluto on the way in, by the way. Personal planets being Mercury, Venus, Mars. What does that mean? It means we're going to be weirdly conscious. <laughs> also the sun, of course. And then Aquarius new moon right there. I think Venus and Mars are still in cap when we have the Aquarius new moon, but Mercury is going to be there. Pluto's going to be there. Moon and sun are going to be there. So just devote, um, plan on some things being conscious, plan on kind of getting your head blown off, top of your head blown off in a very pleasant way on the, the change that is afoot and the shift that is, your, that is afoot. It feels very new, but also know that that's the tip of the iceberg and that underneath there's a whole lot more stuff that's happening that you don't have to be conscious of. You are not in charge of this, okay? And let that be liberating for you because it liberates your ego, you can just allow yourself to express all of this energy in the way that you physically can, you emotionally have capacity for, you spiritually have curiosity for, you mentally have um, capacity and nervous system capacity for. Um, You are not responsible for anything that... um, like responsible for like the, the, these giant, you know, evolutionary leaps, et cetera, your responsibility lies and your accountability lies just within you. Follow your desires, clarify what they are and follow your desires. And even then it's no big deal. Just be, just be. Everything else is happening because you be. All right. Rant over. Um, Oh gosh, there's so much I want to talk about. Um, yes, Mars, Mars uh, and Pluto go conjunct at one degree Aquarius. Um, so we've got, and that's going to be uh, February 15th, 14th, 15th. And in and around that time, that's really going to be the soul unconsciousness merging with the somatic unconscious. So in kind of new agey talk, we can call this download. I don't like that. I don't like that word anymore. Um, We can call this, maybe it's, yeah, it's download. So it's the soul part of us that is, that we're not supposed to be conscious of. Um, That's just going to be moving into our our somatic sense. Um, It's going to be moving into our, our nervous systems and our DNA, our, um, all of that. And so take, take really good care of your bodies. Uh, I've talked to more than one person um, in the past couple of weeks that I've done chart readings before. They're like, 
I've just been getting this deep desire, nothing dramatic, but this desire to do yoga every day. I'm, I've got this like kind of non-judgmental ticking clock. It's like, it's hanging over me. Like you better take care of your body. And it, and again, it's not a finger wagging sensation. It's a, Oh, I have this resource of my body. So I'm going to, I feel the need to kind of take care of it. Kind of in the way that like animals unconsciously, they don't have to pick and choose between a poisonous plant and a non-poisonous plant. Their system just allows them to, to avoid the poisonous plant because their sensory system is, is heightened to detect those, those dangers, right? They don't have to make a decision of like, oh, is it really, I know it's not good for me, but oh, I like how it, no, they don't have to fuck around with that. Um, in the way that, that we, we do sometimes. (laughs) Um, so it's just this, we're getting these, and, and what does that mean? How is that, what does that mean for 2024? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I know that we, what I do know is that 2024, um, especially with this nodal um, placement with Aries being, you know, North Node being in Aries until the very beginning of 2025, this is a hugely self-body, vitality, sustainable, this is a very Mars-focused year. And it's self-agency. It's understanding how our body works, how the energy of our body works. And as a, um, and here's very Jupiter still in Taurus element of it, as a resource, as a natural resource. And how do we take care of that natural resource? How do we sustain that? How do we honor that? How do we devote ourselves to the math of this body and of vitality and and all of the intelligence that that, that brings with it. Um, so this is going to be a two-parter. Um, I'm going to cut this one off, and then I'm going to go into, um, for next, hopefully next week, um, I'm going to go into two more big points um, regarding Pluto and Mars um, that have just you know really spoken to me, and hopefully they'll, they'll speak to you as well. So again, this was quite a, a big, kind of a big ticket item, um, Pluto and Mars. You might want to listen, if you can stand it, you might want to listen to this once and then sit with it for a minute and then go back and listen to it again um, and just see what resonates, see what helps you feel open and, and light in your body. Um, and if it doesn't resonate, then leave it for somebody else. Don't worry about it. Go, go keep finding, seeking the thing that, that does let your body feel open and light and alive. And, um, yeah. All right. Well, I will see you or I will speak to you next week, uh, with part two for, uh, Mars and Pluto in Aquarius. Thank you once again for being here. So that's it for this episode of Astrology and Stuff. You can find all past episodes on all the usual listening platforms. And you also have a way to get weekly bonus episodes on my Patreon page. Just search Astrology and Stuff Podcast. 
Bonus episodes are weekly peeks into the planetary transits where we can get into the astrology of the week and how that may be affecting you in your neck of the woods. Each episode of Astrology and Stuff is written, recorded, edited, and mixed by me, Sampriti. The music you hear is an original work by Angel Wing. And again, thank you for being here.